The story of Corey Belmore is one unlike any other. First showing his hand as a runner to watch at the university level, running as a Windsor Lancer, it was his success as a beer miler that truly vaulted him to fame, essentially debuting as a world record holder. Throughout that time, Corey, with the help of a few sharp individuals, was able to turn that notoriety into a way to advance his race opportunities sans alcohol as well, including spots at a Diamond League meet and the Milrose Games. The last few years have shown Corey taking full advantage of those opportunities given, and they've paid off in a big way this season when he finally dipped under the 340-1500 meter barrier in Sweden. This week, we chat with Corey about that race, switching coaches, and a whole lot more. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram. My name is Michael Rokas, and this is a Tracky Radio production. 33936 uh you've you've been chasing that sub 340 for you know a couple of years now um and the the fact that it came this year is is huge and we'll, we'll definitely talk about your entire season but uh let's sit let's take it from the top from arriving you know doing your your warm ups and stuff when did you know that this was going to be the effort that would finally get you under that that milestone 340 uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Training leading up to that was uh, was great. Like all season, it was uh, it was really good. But in in races, results weren't really showing. They were indicative of the training I was doing. So I was just trying to be patient the whole time. And um, going to the race, I just tried to stay level headed and and be confident and trust my training. Uh, honestly, though, like before the race, I was I don't know. I was in Europe alone, and I just uh, doubt started to creep up on me. But I tried to still. Um, stay confident that I could do something like could get a personal best in the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going in the in the washroom before the race and just like I was washing my hands after I went to the washroom and uh, I, I remember saying to myself and looking in the mirror like you can do this like you're gonna be fine you're gonna race well. So um, that calmed me down a bit and then the race uh, I room with Callie Bergen so um, he went he got like. 334 in that race, uh, national record, PB, um, Olympic standard, world standard. So he was telling me, like, he was just hoping it would be a tactical race so he could just, like, win it. And then he had Diamond League two days later, so he wanted to give that a go. Mm-hmm. But base got out, Moroccan got on it, and it set up a train of guys. Um, so it was, like, it was perfect that one guy got after it, and then everyone else just followed suit. So I didn't see splits the whole time. Um, yeah, I didn't know didn't even know my finishing time until like I went before my cooldown. I checked my phone and then saw the time, but just turned my brain off. And then I wasn't as confident during the race as I should have been. Uh, my legs were definitely there a bit more than I thought they were the last lap. So yeah, I was happy to solidify that, you know, all the training's paying off and, and finally I could break through a 340. You know, you talked about, uh, about your training kind of, be, you know, it, it being on that on that level, but uh, not getting the the race performances to 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 be on that same level. Have have you been in that situation before? You know, especially on, on this level where where there was that uh, was that difference. And and how did you, you know, like how how are you able to to keep that confidence and keep that faith in, in your training going into races like this? Yeah, I feel like the last couple seasons, like my training's been like indicative of like sub 330 or sub 340 performances. Um, but yeah, it's just about like 
being in the right race, having the right environment, um, having the right mindset going in. Uh, so it's just like a combination of everything sort of going well that day. Like, um, and I think the biggest aspect I've learned this past year is like your mental game just needs to be strong. Um, cause like two days before that race, I ran a 401.5 mile, um, wasn't a great race, didn't kick well, like, but I was able to bounce back the next, I ran two days later and ran 339. So it was just, I mean, I had so much tra- good training leading up to it that like I could rely on that to give me confidence, you know, like even though some of the races weren't going well at times, it was like, I've done X work or X tempo, you know, like it, it's, it's a combination of all that. And then just like, once you really start to believe in that and believe in yourself, then good things will happen. You just got to, you just got to trust it in the race too. It's, you can't treat it any different. You can't put too much emphasis on it. So people, people may know this, but you made the coaching switch, uh, the, this past year from, from Dennis Farrell, your, your longtime coach to, uh, to Dave Mills, London Western. Um, p- what people might not know is, is that they actually have a connection that, that goes back many years as Dave, you know, trained with the, the Tilsonburg Legion team and, uh, no doubt that they, you know, they've, they've kept in good contact over the years. How much has your training changed from, from one coach to the other? Uh, it's changed a little bit, like definitely, uh, a bit more mileage, uh, a little more strength orientated instead of speed orientated. Um, but overall it was, it was still a pretty smooth transition. Like, um, my body was able to handle it all well. It's just when it came to races, I felt like I wasn't race sharp right away. Uh, whereas Dennis, with Dennis's training, we, we touched on a little more speed constantly. So, uh, I felt always race sharp, I guess. And I just think that's just like a bit of adjustment period right now. I think now building off this season, things will be a little smoother of a transition from fall to winter to spring. Um, but yeah, it just switching from Dennis to Dave gave me confidence because I knew I knew Dave had worked with Dennis in the past as an athlete and then developed a lot of his coaching philosophies from Dennis. So it like everything worked out very smoothly in that sense. Like we were able to um, formulate a training plan like pretty confidently together you know more more mileage and uh, more of the strength side of things um, you know that kind of kind of mirrors your own progression going from uh, a guy a couple years ago who was who was mainly an 800 guy to you know a miler now do you do you think that this uh, you know this was the right move as far as that goes you know in you know maybe trying out things like like the 5k or just being predominantly a miler at this point uh, I think I think I would definitely love to do a 5k uh, I just I think another season of this kind of training will like pay dividends. It's just about like trusting it, being patient. Uh, there's definitely like quite an adaption, especially. I mean, I think before I was probably doing uh, maybe just under 100 kilometer weeks or so, and then this year I had like consistently like um, like 140 or so kilometer weeks, uh, and I had like 100 watt mile week in there, so. Definitely a lot more doubles, uh, just a lot more consistent mileage over time. And then uh, I think, yeah, I'd definitely do a 5K eventually. Uh, and I think strength is more my strong suit. Like, I, I do enjoy speed. I think I have decent speed for a miler, but I, I could always do 10K cross. Like, my first national team I made was in cross country, so 
although I was an 800 guy, I could always, I always came from like a strength background too. You know, I, I noticed that you're, uh, you're still living in Windsor, which, uh, you know, makes sense. You, you come from that area training, training with the team out of London though. How, how's that working out? And, uh, you know, why, why stay in Windsor? I know you tweeted about this the other day, but, uh, interested to hear why, why you're staying down there. Uh, I think right now it was just like, it was a new situation. So I didn't want to change too much. Like it's not like I wanted to move to London and, and like fully commit to that yet. I just wanted to, I'm so used to throughout my like career training on my own. So I had no, no problem like getting motivation to go to the track and do my doubles and stuff and do a lot of solo stuff. Um, so I, we sort of worked it out with the plan that like I could go to the track Sometimes Dennis could be there if he like his schedule allowed for it, so I could still work with Dennis. And um, if not, like I could have like a teammate or a manager or someone come time me. If not, like my brother was pretty much at every workout I did, so uh, it all worked out when I was in Windsor. And then when I went to London, it was like it was nice to change it up and work with the group. And you know, all the the workouts I did alone, I could see how I fared against those guys. But yeah, I just. Right now, I, I love being in Windsor. I love the people here. Like, family's here. It feels like home, and I try and it, it doesn't keep me too much focused on track. You know, like it keeps me more balanced. So I'm able to do my training, but I don't have to focus on track all the time because I'm my friends. I volunteer. I work here. So, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing: just keeping a balance of everything. So, so now that you've broken that that three four forty barrier, what does that do mentally for you? Does it does it take a real load off? Does it make it perhaps easier to to try something like that again? Uh, absolutely. I think anytime you have like what you see as a breakthrough, I think I've I've been trying for three forty sub three forty for a long time. Um, I think now, like I've learned so much this season through training, through racing that like. I'm definitely going to have more confidence on the place myself higher in, in races. And there's a lot of things that like I can work on to, to be better than three, three thirty nine. So it's just, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be fun next year. Um, Dave and I have to still sit down and like develop a plan that transitions me from fall to winter to spring and summer. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a fun process. And I mean, uh, I did make the mistake after my race in Sweden. I had a race in Luxembourg two days later, and uh, I don't usually go on tracky too much. I don't like reading the, <laughs> the discussion boards, but I did go on, and I, I saw the discussion board of my name, and, and I looked at it, and it gave me definitely a lot of fuel to the fire because, I mean, 339, I think, is a big breakthrough for me, but um, I definitely, like, I don't want to just stop there. Like, I have a lot bigger goals that I want to attain. And uh, it, it's sort of disheartening when a lot of people count you out when you, you know, you, you get a PB. They're already counting your stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens this next year. But definitely that kind of stuff. Reading it, I don't like doing it often, but it definitely gave me a lot of motivation for this upcoming uh, year. No, and and you know, I think anyone who has followed along with with your progression and and you know knows you as as a person was probably pretty discouraged. Uh, you know, reading that sort of stuff, and you notice that they didn't put a name to it at all. Um, but have have you said that out loud? You know, have you made the Olympics and qualifying for the Olympics? Is that the goal for for next year? Uh, like yeah, I think I think every athlete in track that is like pursuing it uh, post collegiately 
unless you're just doing it for fun, which I'm doing it for fun, but I also like, I'm highly competitive. I think, uh, like from a kid, when I was like a little kid starting the sport, I think like my biggest dream was to try and make the Olympics. So that, I don't think that goal has ever changed, but, uh, I know it's going to take a lot of, a lot of work and it's going to take the right day. And, um, yeah, I just cross my fingers, work hard and, and we'll see what happens. But, um, I think training the last couple of years, I've seen like a lot of improvement, a lot of progress. And I know races, I mean, the 339 solidified that, but I think there could have been a few more races that were at par with that or a bit better uh, in the past. But uh, for whatever reason, I didn't get in those races or um, I didn't have, I didn't make those races happen myself. So I think just trusting my training, keep training hard. And, and I think, big things can come because know training is not always super indicative of, of good races and, and PBs and times and stuff, but I think it's a, still a good representation of where your mindset is and how hard you work and what you're sort of capable of. Do you think that this changes anything as far as getting into uh, in, into different meets now, or or do you think that uh, you know there there's not that much of a difference between where you were before and uh, and you know the three thirty nine low? Uh, it's hard. To, it's really hard to say. I mean, some meets are more year-to-year basis. Um, some take PBs from X amount of years ago. So it, it's sort of like we'll, we'll see what happens next season. I hope 339 will help me a little more. But um, at the end of the day, it's sort of like you you got to make the most of every race. So uh, whether I get in a slow, like, all-comers meet and have to get a pacer and run fast myself, like, I'm willing to – to do that and we'll just we'll make the most of it i i, I want to run fast the next year and i'm excited for the process that it's going to bring you know as you've uh, as you've progressed and and as the years have gone by would how would you say that you know getting into the right race uh really affects time you know you mentioned that there were a couple of races that you entered into uh, where you think that you could have been on par or even a little bit better than, than that 339, but for some reason it didn't happen. You know, how much does race selection matter? Uh, it's, I think timing is everything. Like, for example, last year, uh, it was crazy, but I did get into the, to the Diamond League in Doha. And, uh, it was really early season. Dennis didn't want me to race for another month after that race, but I, I'm not going to say no to a Diamond League. So although I knew I wasn't ready and, like we hadn't done, I think we did two weeks of workouts, to be honest. Um, I still couldn't say no to that opportunity because who knows what's going to happen at that point. But I went to that, like Doha and uh, I got in the race. I ended up running like a small PB at the time. But I think had I been in the same shape at that like middle or end of the season and ran that race again, I think it was the perfect race to like do something like 337 or uh, something like that. So what what's the what's the plan for the fall? You know, you said that you're you're talking with Dave about uh, you know formulating a plan and stuff. Does does that mean cross country is something that you're planning on doing, or are you just having you know a big training block? What what is the big plan? Uh, it's hard to say. Like I've done cross every year and it's it's worked, but I think the last few years, especially, I noticed going into indoors, my legs are quite a bit heavier from doing all that like mileage and. Uh, 10k strength stuff so i do want to get stronger i want to do a lot of strength stuff but i think 
keeping some speed in there and maybe hitting the track once a week or doing something like that would be beneficial uh, if I do want to race indoors and do well there. I just think we need to formulate something that, like, smoothly gets us from fall to, to summer. Like, I think, uh, yeah, that, although you need to be strong, I think you need to keep intact with your your speed, and that's where I come. Like, I came from 800s. Uh, I always did strength, but I do need to keep my speed up or else you're, you're going to lose it. As uh, as every on-site track uh, announcer will will probably remind you, uh, you know, you really came up in this sport as as the beer mile uh, world record holder. Uh, you know that that's how you really, uh, I guess, came came to people's uh, people's knowledge. Uh, not a whole lot of news on that front uh, this year, as far as that goes. Was it was that kind of a conscious thing? And you know how how are the beer miles going as of as of right now? How many shots have you taken uh, this year? Uh, I just did, uh, well, I guess I went to Peyton Jordan and, uh, I did one on the weekend after Peyton Jordan. It was just like at a brewery, um, there was a little bit of prize money. So it was just, it was more or less like a fun in a parking lot type of thing at like a beer festival. Hmm. Um, but I wouldn't really count that one as like, I don't know, competitive or anything like that. And then after that went to, well, this one, this, this past, uh, two weeks ago, I guess in Berlin. And yeah, although it was pretty, it was pretty low key. It was a good trip to have um, after nationals. Just sort of like have some fun, um, see a lot of like fun people that I would get to see too often, and then get back to training. But yeah, I I think I ran like four thirty six on a cinder track there. So it was a, I mean, for a beer mile, it was a good time, I guess, and uh, it was a fun trip definitely overall. You know, you uh, you mentioned running indoors. Um, you know, so some people, you know, they, they choose uh, to, to train through indoors or, you, you know, like it, it's not, it's not the biggest priority. Why, why do you feel it necessary to, to do an indoor season? And, you know, is, is that something that you'd be willing to give up or like, you know, is, is that something that you're kind of married to? Um, it's, uh, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, it has helped me in the past, like the year I went, uh, 357. It really set me up for the summer to get into some meets and stuff like that. So, um, this year being a world year, it could also do the same. Like if you do run some fast times, if you do make worlds, um, first off, it's it's ranking points. So I know for the Olympics they have like a new system where it's world ranking. So that could really help you. And then if you do run fast times, it could help you for getting into outdoor meets and stuff like that. Um, in the sport, there's only so many chances, so I think you just got to take your chances and, and make the most of them. Uh, I'll still talk to Dave and see what he says, but I think he would be on board with me doing, like, picking a few key races indoors and then, like, gunning for those. And then I just think, like, overall, it just it gives you something to gear towards. So I know cross-country in the past, like, I always had nationals to gear towards. Like, then I go to indoors, and I always had races to gear towards. So it keeps your motivation up. It keeps you, like, it gets you on tack for a goal um, and it just makes training like that much better because you, you're always motivated to, to go after that goal. You know, I've, I've talked to a different couple different guys, you know, speaking of world rankings, but you know, they've, uh, they've, they've got it all figured out, you know, as far as uh, to how many races they need to do well in, in combination with, with a time that they need to potentially put down and that sort of stuff. 
you know, as as a guy with quite a bit of speed uh, in his legs, you know, come coming from you know that 800 background and and just you know just a lot of natural speed there. Have you? Uh, you is this world rankings thing something that you think might actually be beneficial to you? Uh, you know, is this something that that could help you in in that quest to get to the Olympics? Uh, I, I I would say so. Yeah, like I mean, it's basically world rankings or like run sub three thirty five, and um, there's only so many sub three thirty five races. So, not saying like I wouldn't want to go after that goal because I definitely do, but I know it's it, it's few and far between. So the world ranking system is sort of the next best thing. Like you just try and run fast, get points from that, and then just get into big meets to get you big points. Uh, yeah. As far as the, the further logistics of it, I'm not, I'm still trying to learn, learn the process at all. And I think a lot of athletes are, are on board with that because it is like the, the first time they're implementing the system. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. All right. Well, Reed Cool said, if you are listening, I know you're a real track mathematician. Please get in contact yeah. with uh, with Corey Belmore. <laughs> tell him tell him what he needs to run, which meets he needs to run, and how fast he needs to do it. Much much appreciated. Um, <laughs> all right, taking a look back at, at this past season, you 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 know ran some really really good times. There was some some very trying you know parts of the season as well too. Uh, you know, lo- looking back at it, uh, how would you rank it and you know, looking forward, what what kind of feelings do you have? You know, as as we roll into the future. Yeah, I think I'd, uh, it was definitely a bit of a roller coaster. Like uh, I started off with uh, times that were quite a bit back from my my personal best, and um, like I said, although training was going well, it was just like races weren't like they weren't happening. So uh, I was frustrated at times, but I just I try to stick with it and. For example, like getting in the right race really helped because before I got into that 339 race, my my seasonal best before that was uh, 343, so it was three seconds off my PB, and then ended up running 339 in that that one race. So, I mean, it, it's just about like really trusting the process. Like, I know it's so cliche to say, but like if I hadn't trusted the process and I would have packed the bags and said I was done after nationals, I would have never like saw that breakthrough. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think overall, overall the season was like a seven, seven and a half out of ten, uh, race wise, I guess. And then I think training wise, it was like eight and a half, nine out of ten. Like I learned a lot about my body. Um, strength came a long way. So I know building off this is going to be like really good. It's going to be really beneficial. Um, and then yeah, I'm just excited to have a full year of training with with Dave because. Going from Dennis to Dave, it wasn't a huge, huge jump, but it was still it was still an adjustment. So I'm excited for smoother transitions in the future and uh, just yeah, building on the season. Well, yeah, take a little bit of time off, man. You you definitely deserve it at this point. And hey, maybe we'll see you running cross country. Maybe we'll see you running indoors. We'll definitely be seeing you uh, outdoors next year. And Man, you know, thank, thanks as always for, for taking the time to be on the show. Always always a pleasure to have you around. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. Big thanks to Corey for being on this week's episode. Also, big thanks to Jaraki for their ongoing support. If you want to find more episodes of The Terminal Mile, you can do so on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, Jaraki.ca. While you're there, be sure to give us a like, a subscribe. Whatever you feel like doing, it all helps. 
on social media. We're at The Terminal Mile. We're on Instagram and Twitter with that handle. My name is Michael Rokas. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.